of Shabbos. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Chai Yisrael, I daven, I pleaded, I begged the Rabbanu Shalom to let me into Eretz Yisrael. But Hashem said, no. If you look at the Pasuk, where Moshe Rabbeinu is describing how Hashem said no to him, he daven 515 times, and Hashem said, die, don't do it again. Why did Hashem let him daven 515 times? If he knew, if he knew that the answer was going to be no anyways. So there's a lot of different Medrashim, uh, to explain. Bottom line is that the Baruch Hashem let him daven to, to use his Kayach Dibor to show that he is the Nevet Hashem to make up for the lack of Dibor that got him into trouble with the rock originally that didn't let him into Eretz Yisrael. But the crazy Medrash says that, that Moshe Ben was begging Hashem, let me into Eretz Yisrael, even as an animal, as a bird. I won't even live in Eretz Yisrael. I'll set up my nest outside over here and I'll fly over Eretz Yisrael. The, 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 the desperateness, the sheer desperateness of being in Eretz Yisrael, I once heard that Avir Yisrael Machim was because Rebbein Shlalem let Moshe Rabbeinu see. He brought him up into the mountain. Maybe, maybe after the 515 fillers, he earned that to be able to see it. But the fact that, that the Re'iyas Moshe Rabbeinu made it onto this land, to every nook and cranny of Eretz Yisrael, that was Machim land. But that doesn't stem so well with the Shirtia that says that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to go in because Eretz Yisrael is Machim Lavira. But uh, it's a powerful thing that your sight can actually make the ear of some place different. It's a fascinating idea. Either way, he daven 515 times. Why didn't Hashem let him in? So the Pesach says, Moshe Rabbeinu stopped davening, Rav Loch, you have so much, you have so much. And I think Pshad is that, uh, I think maybe the Bach says, Rav Loch, Moshe Rabbeinu, you're too big, you're too big. You're too much. You're Ravloch. Well, what does that mean? If Moshe Rabbeinu would have walked over the threshold across the area, then into Eretz Yisrael, he would have immediately knocked out the, the Shemamim and he would have built the base of Mekdash. He wouldn't have to wait till Shlomo Amalek to David Amalek. But if Moshe Rabbeinu would have built the base of Mekdash, Rabbeinu Shalom would not have been able to destroy that building. It would have been too perfect. And we know that the Chorban bias was the worst thing that ever happened to Kaiserol, but it, in a way, it was a gift because really we deserve to be destroyed. And Hashem took it out on Itzvavonim, He took it out on the sticks and stones of the base of Mikdash instead of on, on Kaiserol ourselves. It's a big bracha. Sometimes we think that, you know, this is the best thing for me and I really, really want it. But the truth is that the fact that Moshe Benu didn't go in and he didn't build the base of Mikdash. That saved his entire arm, his entire flock of sheep, so we would have had to have been destroyed if Moshe Rabbeinu did build the Beit I know somebody who was desperate for a Shidduch, desperate for a Shidduch, and she was already getting older, and she was going for brachas, and she was doing every school in the world, you know, a good, a good Beisakov girl, and she, she looked up everything she did this year, the, the Shira Shira, and the Parak Shira, the this and that, and the 40 days, and the 80 days, and, Nothing was working. She went for a bracha to Rabbi Feinstein Zechi Tzadik Lebracha, and 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 the person asked for a bracha said, "Please, please, give me a bracha for for this girl to get married." And first, the first like number of times that he asked, Rabbi David just kind of ignored it, shifted away, and but at one point, after really really nudging and like a confrontational asking for the bracha. David said, who said, who said it's, a good, it's a good thing? Who said she's supposed to get married right now? But they pushed and pushed and pushed. And David said, fine. And he gave the bracha. And Kachava, the, the, the Tzadik Geyser Hashem is Mekayim. And, and uh, she found 
she got married soon afterwards and it ended up being a terrible, terrible marriage. Sometimes we, in Baruch Hashem, she got remarried and, uh, and built a be- beautiful Baisnam of Israel. But sometimes we're so desperate for something because we think it's the right thing for us, but maybe the right thing for us is two years down the line. Maybe it's not today. Maybe the best thing for us is to not have this. We don't know. Emir Hashem, very, very soon Mashiach is going to come and then we're going to have the clarity and the knowledge to understand what really is right and what really is good and the floodgates of Chachma are going to open. And then we're going to be able to know and the Yom Shekul will be able to understand that the reason behind all, all, the whole Golas and we'll be able to go from from Chayshach to Ar. Last day of Shabbos, we're going into Shabbos right before Tisha B'av, and, and I had this feeling of, you know, we're going to go from Shabbos, a Yom Shekul Toiv, a Yom that is, that is, that is a, 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 a Tam Gan Eden, into Tisha B'av, and I just daven that this Yom Shekul Toiv shouldn't end, and Mashiach should come. He'll figure out, he'll come on Shabbos, and we'll figure out the Gemara about, I mean, Sheikh can't come on Shabbos, don't worry about it. Mashiach has to come today, he has to come today. And, and, and the tefillah was that this Yom Shekul Toiv should last forever. This was the song that came out. Mizmor Shir Leoim Ashabbat Leoim Shekulai Taif Mizmor Shir Leoim Ashabbat Leoim Shekulai Taif Mizmor Shir Leoim Ashabbat Leoim Shekulai Taif Mizmor Shir Good job,